ओम ज्ञान ज्ञानंजन शलाकाया चक्षुर्मीलिम येन थस्माय श्रीगुरव नम हे वया इन दी धाम अब द्वारका द्वारका धाम श्रील भक्ति ठाकुर इन मेनी ऑफ हिस्स सॉन्ग्स हैज स्ट्रेस द इम्पोर्टेंस ऑफ द धाम की जाने की बोले था धाम है शरण आ गो He says, "Who knows by what strength, by what luck, by what good fortune, uh, I'm able to be here in your dham, surrendered to you." Of course, the Gauri Vaishnavas they put more importance on the dhams of Navadi dham and Mathura dham, within which is. Vrindavan Dham. Dwarka is known as a Dham. There, are, there are the four Dhams, famous Dhams in the four cardinal directions, the extremities of the four cardinal directions of the land of Bharat. Here in the west is Dwarka. In the north is Badri. In the east is Puri, and in the south, or not in the extreme south, but in the southern direction, is the Dham of Rameshwaram. There another another Char Dham is in the Himalayas, uh, including Badri, and also uh, Yamunotri, Gangotri, and Kedar. The Dham. This word has various meanings. The, the most basic meaning is residence. The residence or the eternal abode of the Lord within this world is, from the Vaishnava perspective, the the actual meaning of the dham. And then that also becomes the dham or the place of residence of the jivas, because. We don't belong here in this material world. This is called Devi Dham. That's described in Sri Brahma Sanghita. What is that verse? Hmm? Yeah, Hari Dham Asutesh Utesh. How does that begin? That verse? Hmm? Ayahiyasi Jagadanda Shatani Sute Chaigunya Vishnu. No, I don't know what it was. Alright, well, just take a second to look it up. Shristi Stiti, no, that's to do with Devi. Anyway, this is Devi Dham. Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Is Trindago? No, not that one. Let's promise him he did somewhere. Somewhere near the end here. We're all struck with forgetfulness, is it? None of us can remember? गोलोकनामनि निजधामनि त 
Tale Chatasya Devi Mahesha Haridhama Suteshu Teshu Tete Prabhava Nichaya Vihitas Chayena Govindam Adi Purusham Tamaham Bajame. So we're in Devi Dham. This is the Dham or place of residence which is overseen by Devi. Devi here means the manifestation of the external energy of Krishna. So there's Devi, Devi Dham and above that is Mahesh Dham, the abode of Lord Shiva. Above that is Hari Dham or the abode of Lord Narayana by Kunta. And above that is Golok Dham, the abode of Lord Krishna. So the jivas, they're supposed to be at least in Haridham, if not in Golokdham. But we have accepted as our place of residence this Devi Dham, this world which is overseen by the external energy of Krishna. Dham that means the residence of Krishna and that is manifested in this material world the dhams of Vrindavan, Mathura, Navadvip and Dwaraka they are non-different from the original dhams in the spiritual world although they may appear to be different but they are not different because these are the eternal places of the Lord's Residence. That means that even before Krishna manifested on this earth in this day of Brahma, still Mathura was completely spiritual. It wasn't that by Krishna's coming, it became spiritualized. That's a difference between establishing a deity, the, the, the Lord may be invited to appear at any place within this material world, may be invited to appear for service, and where he appears, that place becomes non-different from the dham, because the dham means the residence of the Lord. But nevertheless, places where the Lord is invited by his pure devotees to be worshipped, such as London, Rome, New York, and so on, they are intrinsically different from the dhams of Mathura, Vrindavan, Dwarka, Navadip, which are the places, the facimils within this material world of the dham of the spiritual world. They're specifically non-different from the, they are the spiritual world manifested within this material world and manifested within this material world they appear to have the characteristics of this material world so we'll see within these dhams birth, death, old age and disease kam, krod, lob, moha, matsarya ahara, nidra, bhaya, maitun adhyatmik, adhidaivik, adhibhotik, klesh all the manifestations of the material world appear to be present 
But Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur has described that this is prodhamaya. This is a covering over the dham. Those who have the spiritual vision can understand that this dham is uh, eternally spiritual. And that covering of the dham is there because our vision is material. We are in this Devi Dham because we take, we consider that matter is something for us to enjoy. That is the difference between Dham uh, or Hari Dham and Devi Dham. The Hari Dham, one cannot enter them unless one is completely from the desire to enjoy anything separately from Krishna. That is the condition. Pure, there is a condition to enter the spiritual world, and that is that one's devotional service should be unconditional. A haituki. If there is no condition, no demand, one simply desires to serve Krishna, then that is the license for entering the spiritual world. So that requires unconditional devotional service and that is the condition to uh, enter in there and as long as one doesn't have that unconditional service attitude one cannot perceive the dham. Therefore we see within the dhams manifest in this world there are many people who are very busy uh, taking advantage of the facilities afforded by the dham to further their ahara nidra bhayamaitun. They take it as another place, uh, a suitable place for their material enjoyment. And they may even uh, take it they, that the Lord who presides in the dham is uh, very kindly providing for their material enjoyment. So the dham can actually be perceived by the method of associating with and hearing from residents of the dham. This term dham vasi is very important. Resident of the dham. In conventional terms, that's understood to mean someone who is born in the dham or who has decided to reside in the dham. But in the actual meaning of the term dham vasi is one who one whose consciousness is uh, completely one of serving the Lord. Persons who are in the consciousness of furthering their interests in the matter of eating, sleeping, mating and defending. Consider that persons whose bodies are superficially born within the dham are dhamvasis. But those whose bodies are superficially born within the dham and who take it as their karma bhumi, the place where they live and work and enjoy their material bodies, then uh, their they are fortunate 
to have a connection with the dham, that their connection is not on the same level as those who understand the purely spiritual nature of the dham. That is, it's meant for this place is meant for service, not for anything else. So, by associating with and hearing from the dhamvasis, the desire to serve following in the footsteps of the dhamvasis, this anugatya, uh, this means following in the footsteps, this mood of this mood of service can be attained from those who have that mode of service. That's why Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, when he was organizing the Rajamandal Parikrama, he stated that one cannot actually have entrance into the Dham unless he hears from the devotees. That simply to go on a tour, just like they have so many tourist buses coming, now it's the Bengali and Tamil season and the different seasons. There's Marwari season, local Gujarati season, like this. So people go on tour. Of course, that's good that Indian people, when they go on tour, they like to visit the various holy places. But unfortunately, that's become organized as a kind of business also. So that people are just brought in, they say, Jai Dwar Kadish, give some money and go. But what is the significance of the dham? They have no knowledge of. So that ISKCON has developed or is in the process of developing a center here should ideally be for the education of the, those who are Residents of the Dham. Of course, we cannot educate the actual residents of the Dham. But those who think that their connection with the Dham is, someone is born in Bombay and someone is born in Rome and someone is born in Dwarka. And those whose understanding of what it means to be a Dham Vasi doesn't go much beyond that. They also require education. We're finding here in Dwaraka that very few people know anything, even from the superficial point of view, about the culture or history of the Dham, or to speak of its uh, ontological importance. So that is required. And for the pilgrims visiting, at least if they can get Prabhupada's books, that would be a, that would make their visit to the Dham. All, all actually worthwhile. <laughs> now, uh, we find that in Gorya Vaishnava teachings and culture, great importance is given to Vrindavan Dham and to Navadvip Dham. And practically, Mathura Dham and Dwaraka they are hardly discussed. And even if they are discussed, it's often in disgusted terms or in, in uh, 
denigrating terms. This is due to the bha or the intense emotional feelings of the founders of our sampradaya who promoted themselves being uh, very much in that, uh, totally in that mood, the, the mood of the gopis. He radhe rajade vikajalalite he nandasuna kutaha shigovardhanda kalpapada patale kalindi vanye kutaha ghoshantaviti sarvato rajapure kedair maha vivalo vande rupa sanatana raghuyago shijiva gopalako. The six Goswamis of Vrindavan were in the mood of the Vraja gopis always looking for Krishna. Where is Krishna? Where is Lalita? Where is Vishaka? Are they, are they at the foot of the tree on the bank of, uh, at the base of Govardhan or in the forest on the bank of Radhakund? So calling out this way in transcendental distress, they were running throughout the land of Vrindavan like madmen. So they were very much partial to Krishna and to Vrindavan. We can, from a very long distance, begin to have some tiny insight into their mood in as much as they wanted to curse Lord Brahma for making eyelids which blink. And when they blink, they can't see Krishna. So when Krishna left Vrindavan to go to Mathura, not just an eyelids blinking away from their presence, but for an untold number of days, it was supposed to be one or two days, and it stretched on and on and on and on, to 11 years and then they got the news that Krishna's moved even further away to Dwaraka so the Vrajvasis they don't even like to hear the word Dwaraka for them it's something poisonous there's a narration of one devotee in Vrindavan who decided to visit Dwaraka, then he wasn't allowed back into Vrindavan and his his body just burned away in, in the fire of separation from Vrindavan. Some story like that is told. However, we find that uh, Nityananda Prabhu, he visited Dwaraka before meeting Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Of course, he's eternally associated with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But in his Lila, he did not meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He didn't come to Navadvip until Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started his Sankirtan Leela in full force. So before that, Nityananda, after his early childhood in Ekachakra Gram in the Radhadesh of Bengal, he was traveling all over India as a brahmachari assistant to a sannyasi and among the many places listed in Chaitanya Bhagavad of him having visited among them is mentioned Dwaraka we don't have any record of Chaitanya Mahabharata coming here in 
in the list of his travels uh, in South India. He left from Puri and went down to the south and came up the west coast. And we have information of him coming as far as the Namada and then turning east and then going against the current of the walking against the current of the Narmada through central India and coming to the eastern side and coming again to Puri. There are villages north of the Narmada which record in, in their local folklore it stated that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu visited there. But at least in the authoritative books there is no record of him having visited Dwarka. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta he visited Dwarka. He's a, he is himself a great promoter of the principles of Rupa Goswami. Rupa Anugavi Rudha Apasiddhanta Dvanta Hari. He is that person who removes the darkness of the um, mistaken understanding that is against the principles of Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada. So uh, he visited Dwarka. So we can't say that it's against our principles to do so. And our own Srila Prabhupada many times stressed that we, sh- we, we shouldn't only see Krishna as Krishna in Vrindavan, but all his pastimes are important. Even his pa- and practically for those of us who are in materialistic consciousness, his pastimes of creating the material world are most important for us to understand. What to speak of? His pastimes in Dwaraka. Sanatana Goswami has also described Lord Krishna's pastimes in Dwaraka. But he does so in a way which points to the supremacy of the Vrajavila. So we're not trying to deny that. There's no doubt that uh, Krishna's Vrajalila, that is the uh, most important, that is the highest. But Srila Vyasadeva has included so many pastimes within his magnum opus, the Srimad Bhagavatam, which Krishna performed, we can't say it's not Krishna who performed them, and they're also very pleasing and instructive to hear. So this is uh, the residence of the Lord, where he took up residence. Actually, locally they say that Bedwarka is the residence. And this... Uh, Gomti Dwarka, they say it's like his office. And we were hearing last night there are, there are two more Dwarkas, that Kushastali Dwarka near Jamnaga. You know about that? And one more near Porbanda, which they say is the, the Mool Dwarka. So we'd have to check that out more. There is more 
discussion of this. Actually, even according to yeah, non-devotional records, the the uh, the Dwaraka that Krishna lived in during his time during the 125 years he was on this earth planet the last 100 years were actually not right here where we're sitting but it, it's very clear it was in the sea not on the mainland it was in the sea and that appears to have been somewhat further south than the present place we're at anyway the dham cannot be understood by digging in the ground to find archaeological artifacts or making investigations in the ocean. Um, the dham can be understood by the spirit of selfless service to the Lord, which is the characteristic of the dham. That is uh, absolutely present in the personalities of the dham headed by Krishna's queens and of course in, in Dwarka also reside Vasudeva and Devaki the greatest devotee in Dwarka is said to be Uddhava there are so many great devotees reside here so having come here we should better pray to the devotees of the Lord that we may imbibe their mood of service. We may pray to Dwarakadhish for the opportunity to serve his devotees. And we may pray to the devotees for the opportunity to engage in their service, which is tantamount to serving the Lord. Because if we are to serve a devotee, what will we serve a devotee? We, the devotee is not interested in sense gratification. He's interested in serving Krishna. So serving the devotees means to assist them in their service to Krishna. And that is a, a better way to attempt to serve Krishna because they're better at it than we are. They know what they're doing. So we had better attempt to assist the devotees who are fully engaged in serving Krishna rather than trying to compete with them. Rather, if we can in any small way assist the devotees or assist those who are assisting the devotees, or assist those who are assisting those who are assisting the devotees. In this way, if we can be das and das and das and das, this shall be the perfection of our existence. So, it's as I was saying, it seems that even the Dwarakavasis, the, those who are residing here, they, they need, uh, everywhere we find that the the culture of scriptural discussion is practically dead. People, very few people, they, they don't know what's in Shastra, what is the, the history. Just they've heard some, they hear us some folk stories. So, Srila Prabhupada wanted to revive this culture of scriptural discussion. We should discuss what is in Shastra should know what is the what is the proper understanding otherwise the non-devotees even if they discuss scripture they do so they always have some funny interpretations 
Krishna means black, black means unknown. Some funny ideas. They'll take some word and make some strange interpretation. Vartika means in Ramayana. Va means this, Tim means this, Ka means that. They'll make it, they want to make everything allegorical. But Krishna is not an allegory. Krishna is Vastava Vastu. He is the actual reality. Satyam Param Dhimahi. He is the supreme truth who is to be meditated upon. So it's not that because in Dwaraka everyone is more or less a devotee. Uh, everyone will enthusiastically say Jai Dwaraka Dhish. It's not that we don't have any work to do. But even the uh, Dwaraka Vasis could be benefited if they could become aware of the fact that they could be benefited by taking knowledge from the uh, bona fide parampara of who is Krishna and how to serve him. Of course, those who are representing Srila Prabhupada here, they should themselves be imbued with that spirit and that knowledge if they are at all to help others. So here, Rukmani Dwarakadish are installed for service. Prabhupada installed in Los Angeles, the deities, Rukmani Dwarakadish, he called that temple New Dwarka because Los Angeles is a very opulent place. Dwarka, in Dwarka, the manifestation of opulence is prominent. Although actually the opulence of Vrindavan is more, but the Vrajvasis, they don't notice it because they're more concerned with the sweetness of Krishna. So the opulence in Dwarka is very prominent. And also in New Dwaraka, the, uh, the weather is such that it's, I guess you could say it's, it's very similar to the weather here. It's quite hot, or not as hot as here, but pretty warm most of the year. Never gets really cold. Doesn't rain much. <laughs> so it's similar in that way. The whole of Southern California, like Saurashtra, is dry. And apparently, Prabhupada said that at some point, it's well-known saying, although it's not officially recorded. Apparently, Prabhupada said that at some point there would this uh, by an earthquake, the the land where Los Angeles is presently on will become separated from the mainland. It will become an island. So in that way, it's also like Dwaraka. That's the whole of Southern California is on an, on an earthquake. What do you call that? Crack? Or there's some fissure, underground fissures. So, earthquake can come there anytime. As it has recently, a few years ago in San Francisco, there's some earthquake. But interestingly, Prabhupada, when he was talking about Rukmini Dwarakadish, he would refer to them as Radha Krishna. 
and Rukmini Dwarakadish in Los Angeles as he has his flute. So in Dwaraka, Krishna is not famous for holding a flute. Although it's not that he's without it, he's thinking. He's always thinking of that. So the Dwaraka Vasis, about Rukmini Dwarakadish, she would refer to them as Radha Krishna. And Rukmini Dwarakadish in Los Angeles as he has his flute. So in Dwaraka, Krishna is not famous for holding a flute. Although it's not that he's without it, he's thinking. He's always thinking of that. So the Dwaraka Vasis, they're quite content to be under the care of Krishna. The Rajavasis, they have a different mood. They're not so... Well, there are different Rajavasis also. But... uh, Anyway, Iskon is to proclaim to the world to accept the overlordship of Krishna. Dwarakadish. Adhish means the the king or the overseer. Here it's written below the parampara, which isn't correct, because the, the name of Krishna shouldn't come below the parampara. But here it's written, Sri Sri Rukmini Devi Dwaraka, and then another word, Dish. But actually it's one word. It's not supposed to be two words. There's what Dish means, I'm not sure, but it's supposed to be Dwaraka Dish. Dwaraka Adish. Joined together, we become Dwaraka Dish. So that would be better placed above the parampara rather, rather than have them sitting on top of the name of Krishna, which they can, they come to teach us not to do that. That's why they come to this world, to teach us not to take a position above, to try to take a position above Krishna. But we are so much, uh, we're, we're so much unaccustomed to this principle that we think it's quite normal to put the name of Krishna below the Acharyas. Anyway, that's something. Wherever I go, there are so many things to be corrected that I don't. Often I don't even say because people are not interested to change either. But that's something that could be corrected if we are actually to establish what is the meaning of Dwarakadish. So there are a few thoughts on Dwarakadham. If anyone has any questions, they could please ask now. And after that, we'll, I suppose, prepare to get going. No. All right then. Brajmandal Parikrama, Brajmandal Parikrama, Navadhinam Parikrama. Is there a Parikrama? No, there's no established Parikrama. There's no traditional Parikrama that I'm aware of. 
What books? I don't. We we couldn't find anything. There's, there doesn't seem to. There don't seem to be any extant books describing Dwaraka very much. And traditionally, the the three paramparas, the three Vaishnava paramparas who concentrate on Krishna, they are the Madhva Sampradaya, which has as you could say as a branch, the Gorya Sampradaya, the Nimbak Sampradaya and the Vallabh Sampradaya, which is the current manifestation of the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya. And the, the Gorya Sampradaya, Nimbak Sampradaya and Vallabh Sampradaya all concentrate on Krishna and Vrindavan. And Madhva Sampradaya, also their main worshipable deity is Balgopa, who is Krishna and Vrindavan. And the other Sampradaya is the Sri Sampradaya who are concentrated on Lakshmi Narayana. So it's Dwarka really it isn't really the base or, or the, the point of focus for any current Vaishnav Sampradaya. That's maybe one reason why the culture isn't so diverse, much developed here. We don't find books describing I was looking and people people don't know. There's no books. There's no developed literature. What to speak of any culture of Dwaraka. Hmm. Not to my knowledge, unless it's